Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Friday Night Live, uh, where we get to engage the scripture and uh, get to hear what God is speaking to all of us um, in this particular season. So, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks once again for being a part of what God is doing here. And, uh, yeah, we're so grateful. We're so, so grateful. Awesome. Now, let's begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll go from there. Awesome. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. Thank you for today. Thank you for your precious people. Holy Spirit, we ask you to be here, to be present with us. Um, Lord, we ask that as we share your word, as we share your truth, we pray that, Father God, it will find a place in our hearts uh, where that it will be able to grow, it will be able to manifest fruits. We thank you for this season, O oh God. We ask you um, for divine increase. We ask you for divine uh, multiplication. Um, God, we thank you because we are in a season um, of wonderful grace. We are in a season of rest. And God, we ask for, for the grace to be able to be good stewards of this season um, so that we can be entrusted with more. So Holy Spirit, we love you. We honor you. Thank you for the honor and the privilege to be able to share your word uh, with your people. Father, we give you praise and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So what's up, everybody? Uh, once again, welcome to Hepzibah Friday night. Uh, super, super, super stoked uh, to share the word of God today. And I'm I guarantee you'll be blessed. If you're not blessed, honestly, like, it's on your end. Uh, but the way God's been moving, the way God's been speaking, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a certain assurance that I have every time um, I read the Word of God. And so I want to guarantee you the same deal, that when God speaks, He has the intent of fulfilling um, His very Word. Uh, when you study the book of Isaiah, the Bible actually says that um, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God will never return void without accomplishing the purpose as to which it was sent. Um, therefore, every single word in the Bible, the, 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 the Bible says in the book of Timothy that every word that has been written on the scriptures, it is an inspired word of God. Therefore, because God has said it, he has the intent of fulfilling the scriptures. And one of the things that we recognize um, with Jesus, the Bible also continues to say that he never came to abolish um, the laws of Moses, but he actually came to fulfill every single promise. And so today I want to um, lay a demand on the truth of God, that we are going to see manifestation of the scripture, we are going to see uh, God do amazing things. And so, you know, that being said... Um, Today I'm going to talk about a special topic that I feel like the Lord has just allowed it to resonate in my heart for quite some time. And so this message has been cooking for quite a while, and so I hope that it, it is ready to go. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, <laughs> that I like or enjoy is uh, sometimes you can, you, can, um, you can prepare something and it doesn't come out the way you want it to come out. But, you know, there are those times where you prepare something and you know it's going to come out exactly the way it's supposed to be. So I have that kind of feeling today. 
And so um, the topic of my message today, um, it's navigating each season well. Navigating each season well. Um, I believe that according, well, when, when, when you read the Bible, I mean, it's, it's going to make sense. But the reason why I believe it's important to navigate each season well it's because how well you navigate a season determines what you're entrusted with at the end of that season. And so what you're entrusted with at the end becomes the reward of God for you successfully or faithfully going through the season. Now, speaking of that, um, how will you go through a season? How do you determine how well you went through it? Um, now, I've been battling some... some some insecurities in my heart. Uh, you can judge me if you want, but all of us, we have some insecurity in one way or another. And one of the things that I, I recognized was that the moment I became insecure, I started to look for things to be able to fill, to fill me up. And you can never really find any fulfillment when when whatever means you're using is not justified by the word of God I, I, don't, I don't know if that's making sense and so if you are struggling with let's say self-esteem you know the, the Bible calls you to be able to look at yourself from the perspective of Jesus that you're fearfully and wonderfully made only the image of Jesus can restore your rightful image to destroy self-esteem. Now, practically, there are ways of building your self-esteem. Let's say you appear to be bigger than you want. So, you know, some of the different ways to do it is change your diet, go exercise. Um, all that, it's a way to be able to manipulate a system so that you can feel better about yourself, but it did not necessarily fix your self-esteem. So, some of the challenge that we see today is that people are substituting um, practical things, which is good. It works momentarily, but it doesn't solve your internal image of yourself. Amen. So you, so what I want to do today is that I don't want us to deal necessarily just with the outer sphere of work. I want us to deal uh, with the situations. Now, navigating each season well will make a difference in your life. And here are a couple things that I have written down that I believe these are some of the things that we have to go through uh, because it's inevitable. As long as you are mankind, if Jesus went through it, you will go through it. And so some of this season that we are going to learn how to navigate well, number one is pain. All of us must learn to be able to navigate pain well. Now, how do you know you're navigating pain well? Uh, you'll recognize that when you allow yourself to live in pain until you become numb to different pains, that means you never navigated that season well. It meant that you just did a good job of becoming hard so that you can tolerate more pain. But learning how to be able to navigate the season of pain well determines how much more God can entrust you at the end of the season. 
another thing that I believe that we need to be able to navigate well in this season is disappointment. Um, I don't know about you, but if you are doing life with something or are people called human beings, there is a hundred percent guarantee that you're going to be disappointed. And when you're disappointed, it's going to require for you to be able to navigate that season well. Now, majority of us, what, what happens when we become disappointed, um, what we do is that we know that we cannot trust that person anymore. So our trust becomes defiled. Um, but that, when, when that happens, you recognize that you have allowed the other person's failures to determine how you perceive people. So we're going to have to learn how to navigate the seasons of disappointment well. The third one is navigating the season of betrayal well. Again, as long as you're on this earth and you're doing life with people, you're going to endure something called betrayal. Now, all of us will experience all these things in a different magnitude. But how you deal with it will make the difference. Now, another season that we all, all of us, will have to navigate well is a season of grief. Seasons of grief. This is the moment where you allow your soul um, to, 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 to feel you know, the emotions of being a human being. And so during those seasons of grief, you're going to have to learn how to be able to navigate those well. Now, the last one is um, navigating the seasons of uncertainty. Uncertainty, 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 uncertainty. Again, because we are human beings, we do not have an ability to be able to control tomorrow. So unless you have faith, Tomorrow is completely uncertain. And even with faith, yes, we have the assurance that God will do according to His, His will and our word. But what happens is that when we haven't put our trust in God, it, it's going to make it some, somewhat challenging and weird to, to trust God. Now, so those are five things that I talked about. So number one is pain. Number two is disappointed, disappointment. Number two is betrayal. No, yeah, I mean, number one, pain. Number two, disappointment. Number three, betrayal. Number four, grief. Number five, uncertainty. Now, I want you to recognize that there is a common denominator to these five seasons. The main objective I believe is to take away trust to take away trust and when you don't have trust you don't have a currency of exchange a me trust is a medium of exchange and I believe that the enemy is completely after this concept so the common denominator to all those seasons is trust now I kind of want to talk about uh, a few things or a few people in the Bible who experienced these things and how they came about on the other end. Now, I want to talk about Gideon. Uh, so when you have your Bibles, if you read the book of Judges, chapter 6 and chapter 7, 
um, you recognize that Gideon had a really, really low self-esteem. Um, and, 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 and again, why did he have a low self-esteem? Everything, everything justified the way he felt. He came from a small tribe. Uh, they weren't really known. They weren't men of war. Uh, they were belittled. They were mistreated. So for him to have low self-esteem, it was a natural response to his environment. You get what I'm saying? He did not need to pray or he did not need to do much to be able to experience low self-esteem. And there's some of us who have been born into that. Um, I, ha I was not born into a wealthy family. <laughs> I wish I was, but I wasn't, you know. So I believe God has created me to create, you know, wealth so that my children's children's children can know that their, their grandpa was dope. Which that will be me. But some of us are literally born into confusion. Some of us are born into rejection. Some of us are born into insecurity. And everything around us affirms why we feel the way we feel. Therefore, there's a reasonable justification to be able to continue in the way of life. But when you hear the voice of God demanding something out of you, he calls you to overlook your justification. And therefore, I believe that because of so much pain for years of being tormented by, by, by different tribes, what happened was that they allowed Gideon and his family allowed themselves to accept that reality and that identity. So they lived in that pain for so long that they knew themselves to be pain. Because now when, when, when you continue to read that scripture, you realize it comes to a point where Gideon makes a specific prayer to God. And he, say, and he says, God, I pray that I will know your will so that I can perform it so that you can keep my heart from pain. The reason why he wanted to be kept away from pain is because he endured so much pain. But now I, I want to talk to talk to a people who are trying to navigate seasons of pain we all have pain to a different measure and a different degree but how well you manage and you navigate your seasons of pain determines how much power god can entrust you with but most of us what we do in seasons of pain we go contrary to the word of god we actually do what we feel instead of what of what god says now there are very practical ways of managing pain. And the easiest and the one we know is that we intentionally separate ourselves from our people who have the ability to cause us pain. Now, when you make up your mind to be able to separate yourself from our people who cause you pain, you also separate yourself from the same people who are supposed to be a blessing to you. Now, I want you to recognize that the same people who God has called to be a blessing to you are the same people who are going to invoke pain into your life. Look at your families. Or look, look, let me give you an example of my family. The, the, the most pain that I feel usually comes from my family. Why? Because they have been called to, become, to be the greatest blessings in my life. Therefore, how well I learn to manage the seasons of pain determine how much power I am given 
And many of us will never get a, a chance to be able to cross over to the other side where we actually now have power to be able to do life well. Why? Because we fail to navigate the seasons of pain well. Now, seasons of pain, what, what does pain usually do to people? Pain, what pain does to people is that it, it makes you, number one, becomes unrecognizable. Unrecognizable completely. And, and we can see here with Gideon, like, like literally the man lived like he never existed. And that's what pain does to people. It makes you live below the standards and the expectations of God because you never feel like you measure up or like you'll ever make it. And I'm so glad that Gideon chose to do it a different way. A different way. By trusting in God. Now, although he went to a lot of extreme measures where he told God, God, do this. If you do this, then I'll know it's you. If you don't do this, then I won't, I won't know it's you. Stuff like that. He, he, he needed that assurance. But at the end of the day, when he navigated the season of pain well, he was entrusted by power to be able to lead people into freedom. Now, we understand that the book of Judges, uh, the, the Israelites, had, um, God had always intended on leading them uh, with a king, and, and, and that one king was supposed to be Jesus. But before the, the, the children of Israel uh, came to that realization, they wanted a king of their own. So what would happen is that they began to cry out to God, be like, hey, God, we actually want a king, not, not for any other reasons, but so that we can be like other nations, so that we can have someone to lead us into war. So they fail to recognize God as that. So anyways, seasons of pain, you've got to navigate them well. Because as long as you're, you're a human being, it is an inevitable consequence for living with human beings. So all of us will experience pain. But how well you nav navigate that season of pain determines how much power you're interested with. Now, how well do we manage or navigate the seasons of disappointment? Seasons of disappointment. And uh, I have an example for you. And uh, this is a story of Joseph in the Bible, when, when you go to the book of Genesis and, and uh, you begin to read the story of, of Joseph, uh, can you imagine the people who are supposed to guard you, the people who are supposed to look after you, they sell you. Number one, they wanted to kill you. So you can you imagine that kind of a betrayal? It, it, it made such a significant impact in this man's life. Although... You know, the, the way the Bible says, according to, to Romans chapter 8, that everything works out together for my good because I love the Lord and I am called according to His purpose. Now, that was the definition of Joseph. He loved the Lord and he was called according to the purpose of God. Therefore, even when he was betrayed, it still worked out in his favor. But now, when you continue to read and analyze and understand the story of Joseph, Again, I'm, I'm kind of like giving a whole story, a whole shebang. You recognize that 
Joseph handled the season of disappointment well by not blaming his brothers. It's usually a natural response for us to begin to blame people, to hold other people accountable for what they never did. Now, I have a good story, and uh, this story uh, it's particularly about my mother. Um, my mother, her mom passed away when she was young, about eight years old. So, you know, she had to, she grew up with her grandparents and, and, and whatnot. Uh, when, when my mom got into eighth grade, what happened was in Kenya, you, they used to take this exam, I think it's called KCPE. Uh, if I'm wrong, someone correct me. So when my mom took that exam, she passed well. And uh, remember during that, and I remember during that season, my mom said that Shosho, uh, uh, her grandmother had kids who were about her age, who were in the same class taking the same test. They did not pass to the standard of my mom. But guess who was paid to go to school? Of course, the children, grandmother's kids were, their schools were paid. So they asked my mom to repeat the same thing, although she passed, she was the top of her class in that area. So imagine dealing with that kind of betrayal. If this is a family kind of betraying you, people who are supposed to take responsibility for your life, they betray you. So I can only imagine what Joseph felt. But in this, in, as, as he continued to do life, he never blamed his parents. He never blamed his dad for sending him to his brothers. Because his obedience is what caused the betrayal. Therefore, he loved the Lord and he was called according to the purpose of God. He was in the direction of God. So his obedience is what sent him into betrayal. Now, some of us may have done everything right, but you still are like, why and how come I was betrayed? But I want you to recognize that when, they, when, when Joseph uh, was, was, was made into a slave, he continued to practice um, his principles and, um, and he, was, he continued to be diligent to the point where he was promoted. Now, I want you to understand that when you cannot be entrusted with disappointment, or when you don't navigate the season of disappointment well, you're not going to be entrusted with glory. And that's what we see at the end of the day, that Joseph was entrusted with glory because he navigated the season of betrayal well. Now, I want you to understand, whatever it is that you're going through, like a season can be super long. Now, you imagine Joseph, let's say he was 18. He got betrayed at 18. At 40, he became the prince of Egypt and he was like dividing food and whatnot. So 20 years of betrayal, of pain, of anguish, knowing that you have every reason to be upset, you have every justification to, to, to do wrong, you have every justification to, to do evil, but instead he chose a different way. So when you navigate your seasons of disappointment well, I promise you, there's glory for you on the other end. Some of us, if you've been betrayed by a family, I promise you, 
God has a better family for you. And now that will be a family of choice. If you've been betrayed by workplace, if you've been betrayed by whatever it may be, by, by a husband, a wife, a, a fiancé, whatever. If you've been betrayed and you navigate that season well, glory is on your way. Now, so that's number two. Now, number three. Wow, my fingers are off. Number three. Navigating the seasons of betrayal. Navigating the seasons of betrayal. Now, then the sons of Ephraim was a tribe that were really good at war. <laughs> um, they were really good at war. They were the people who threw the arrows and whatnot. And uh, the Bible says in the, in the book of Psalms that when, they were, when it was time for war, they refrained. Now, betrayal hurts when you have an expectation of people coming through and they don't. Man, that hurts. Now, let's, let's go to the scriptures. Let's talk about Jesus. He was betrayed by someone that he washed his feet. He fed his family. He provided for him. Jesus was paying this man, Judas, Judas, but because this man was so full of greed, no amount of money could resolve that problem. And so money was never the problem of Judas, the problem was greed. And so we recognize that he goes on and betrays Jesus, a man who is blameless, a man who is perfect. Why? Because of pennies. Now, Judas wasn't looking for fame. He was looking to secure the bag. So for whatever reason that you were betrayed, it's inevitable that betrayal will happen. But how well you navigate those seasons of betrayal determines how much more God will entrust you with loyalty. Now, we recognize that when Jesus was being betrayed by Judas, what God did is that, what Jesus did is that in that season, he refused to become bitter intentionally. He refused <laughs> to hate Judas. And now I want you to understand that it is a natural response to hate people who be, be, betrayed you. Natural response. It's, you know, I, I, I preached this message once that we said that for most of the time it's totally understandable your response. But just because it's understandable doesn't make it acceptable. Now Jesus was justified to dismiss this man. But instead, he showed grace. Instead, he continued life as though nothing happened. It, it's really, really interesting. So how well Jesus navigated the season of betrayal. Look at the loyalty that he got. 
not, not just from the other disciples, but from his father, never leaving you, nor forsaking you. And so when you enter into a season where you are betrayed and you navigate that season well, you better begin to brace yourself because God is about to entrust you with loyalty. Now, it's important to be able to understand this concept because I feel like most of us, what we do is that we fail to navigate seasons well. Therefore, at the end of the tunnel, when we don't see God or we don't see uh, what God kind of like wanted for us, what we do is... Okay. It, it doesn't work like that. Okay. Now, point number four. Again, the Bible is here. I'm just like, there's just too many... There was too many scriptures to go back and forth. Whew. Number four. How well do you navigate the seasons of grief? Now, this one is going to go back to one of my favorite uh, people in the Bible. And his name was David. Now, David... <laughs> uh, wow. So David betrayed uh, one of his army men. Slept with this woman got her pregnant, sent that guy into battle, he died, and God decided that that baby wasn't going to live anymore. Now, sometimes when I read the Old Testament, I have a lot of questions, like, God, that child did not sin. No, like, the child never did anything wrong. That was David. David, that was David's fault. And I remember those questions when I asked God. I was like, God, why did you do that? Why did why did you have to sacrifice a child? He hasn't said the thing, so I don't know the answer to that. But I try not to hold God hostage to things that he hasn't talked to me about or he hasn't answered me. Because I just think it's dumb. Like He's all-knowing, he's super powerful, so when he thinks I'm ready... He will tell me, you know, and there's some moments where I've had conversations with my parents, well, used to, and I'll be like, yeah, when you're of age, we'll talk about that. So I've been in a week of like asking my parents, oh, remember you told me you're going to tell me this now? So it's been fun because I've been sharing that. But we recognize that the son dies. And um, David begins to grieve. He begins to grieve. Now, I'm glad he gave honor where honor was due, but he overgriefed until God sent a prophet. And God told him, hey, by the way, um, go clean up and eat because I am not going to change my mind about that child. Now, it was, I, I honestly, like, based on, 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 on reading the scriptures, I feel like, that is the only thing that would have moved David back into God. I could be wrong, but that's my thinking. But how well we navigate the seasons of grief without placing blame on God. Mm, Jesus. Really makes a difference in our lives. Most of us don't know how to navigate grief without ever placing blame and most of us when we are experiencing grief you know let's say 
something happened to you as a child and you prayed to God and you don't feel like God never showed up. And so you've been holding God hostage since that moment. How well you navigate the seasons of grief. How well do you navigate those seasons? How well do you do it? Now, personally, I, I've, I've, I've had my share of griefs, but it hasn't been significant. Now, again, like I said, of this five, there could be more. There probably is more. But what I'm saying is that how well do we navigate each of these seasons? So, when David acknowledged the voice of God, and he turned away from his grief and began to worship. God responded back to David by restoring his presence. And so, when you navigate the seasons of grief well, you are entrusted yet again with the presence of God. Because what grief usually leads people to, which is the natural response again, it leads people to blaming God. Or placing blame on God. Now, I love this is the last one, and then I'll be out of here. Um, navigating the seasons of uncertainty. Uncertainty. Uncertainty is a given as long as you're alive. No one actually knows about tomorrow. We prophesy with confidence because, you know, we believe that God will fulfill his word, but he has different ways of doing it. And we recognize that in the moments of uncertainty, when we don't know what to do, usually those are seasons where we struggle to navigate most because we will be easily misled. And during uncertainty, what I want you to know is that most of us, we are supposed, not most of us, we are all called and we are supposed to abide in the counsel of God. Now, check this out. The book of Proverbs says that in a multitude of great counselors or great advice in the multitude of great advice of great counsel a nation shall succeed so in the moments or in the seasons of uncertainty what god calls us to is to cling on to people who are wise and therefore when we cling on to people who are wise we are learning how to navigate that season well because as a teenager there's a lot of uncertainty of being a young adult but now, it takes wisdom to hang on to a people who have navigated the seasons of teenagehood well so that we can be entrusted with the next season. So, in the moments of us experiencing uncertainty, God calls us to remain in counsel because the Bible says that in a multitude of great counsel, a nation succeeds. Now, I have a question for all of us today is that how well do we navigate the seasons of uncertainty?
and again, as long as you're a human being, like, that's, that's a given. That's a given. Tomorrow is not promised to anybody. Anybody. So how do we navigate those seas? Because how well we navigate uncertainty determines how much more we'll be entrusted with clarity. Now, I know I speak to a lot of young people and Many of, many of us are not cert completely certain of what our future will look like. And that's okay. Sometimes uncertainty is not a bad thing. It actually teaches you trust. So how well do you navigate those seasons? And now I believe the common denominator for all this is trust. And so how well do you navigate the seasons in your life? How well do you navigate seasons of loss? How well do you navigate seasons of lack? How well do you navigate seasons of heartache? Because God wants to entrust you with something great. But you must learn how to be able to navigate the seasons to inappropriately. We have great examples in the scriptures we see. David, Jesus, Ruth, all these people. Not all of them did it right. And that's why we have the Bible, so that whenever they did it wrong, we try and do it right. But how well do we navigate those seasons? How well do we navigate seasons of confusion? How well do you navigate the seasons of silence when God isn't saying a word to you? Now I'm talking about Rema word, like now, now word. You know, the Logos is always there. The voice of God, it's the scriptures here. God has spoken. He said everything he's ever needed to say. But there are those moments where he, and he like highlights a scripture and makes it a Rema word. Like I'm saying this now. Um, I was teaching a people one day and I was telling them, uh, just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean that it's your promise. It's only your promise when God brings it to your attention. That's when it becomes alive in you so that it can be activated. And so it's important to be able to learn how to navigate seasons. Now, I feel like the Lord is calling me to be able to speak to a people who are struggling to be able to navigate seasons well. I feel like the Bible is saying, be still, take some time, do some reflection. How well are you navigating this season that you're in? This season that you are a son, like primarily a son or a daughter. If you can navigate this season well, then God will entrust you with a husband and a wife. How well you navigate that season, God will and trust you with parenthood. So how well you navigate one season determines how well you'll do in the next. Because how you end one season is how you enter the next. 
if you have been an unfaithful son or an, an unfaithful wife, husband, whatever, whatever it may be, there's still grace for you to be able to navigate that season well. And now I want you to understand that God doesn't hold anyone hostage to their mistakes ever. It is not in the nature of God. So if you failed to navigate, let's say, your, your, your season of being a son or daughter well, there's grace for you now in whatever seasons that you're in. Let's say you're trying hard to navigate how to be a husband or a wife. God can forgive you as long as you humble yourself and you allow yourself to be faithful and navigate this season that you're in faithfully. He's so just to be able to forgive. And so, again, God is not mocked according to the book of James. Whatsoever a man soweth, so shall he reap. So how well do you navigate seasons in your life? How well do you navigate seasons in your life? So be encouraged today. And I want you to know that make it a priority. Make it a goal of you to learn how to be able to navigate each season well with God. You see, one of the things about God is that He's not a respecter of person. He's not a respecter of person. Whether I like it or not, whether I'm a prophet or an apostle or even an angel, gravity still holds everything together. Now, he can give the ability to be able to defile the law, but you cannot remain in that constant state because it will invalidate why he placed it there in the first place. Therefore, learn how to be able to navigate seasons well. Let's say, for example, in the season of crisis, how well are you navigating this season? And I, I was listening to a pastor say that you will never again you will never again get a pause like this ever in your life to take time to think reflect pray and consider god in different ways so learn how to be able to navigate this season well now as i conclude when in season of pain love more trust more Forgive more. Do contrary to your feeling. When you're in season of disappointment, show yourself approved. Show yourself worthy. Content to be loyal and faithful to others. In seasons of betrayal, content, fight. Fight to remain as loyal as you can. That's how you navigate seasons well. By doing contrary to the negative that is present ahead of you. The seasons of grief. You navigate that season by exercising the joy of the Lord. Because at the end of the day, the book of Nehemiah, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And therefore, when you lack joy, you lack Adequate strength to be able to do life well. In seasons of uncertainty, 
seasons of uncertainty. Speak clearly. Speak the word of God. Speak the truth. Speak the realm of word of God. And just like he says, he is faithful to watch every word to perform. Now, I'm going to end on this note. I started a story in the beginning and I lost my train of thought and I kind of skipped it. So I was kind of feeling insecure about myself and how like I've been doing, you know, there's this like new online thing. And uh, I was really, really feeling insecure. And so I told, I simply told God, God number one, I don't feel like I'm successful. And uh, in that moment, you know, I'm just having this conversation with God and it's like, well, who said I called you to be successful? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't know, but I don't feel successful. And in that moment, the Lord said that I called you to be faithful. And that's what I'm looking for. And so sometimes we put uncertain and certain pressures in our lives, thinking that that's what God has placed on us. But that's really not the case. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can feel me. But don't put on you oh, don't put on yourself unnecessary pressure that the Lord never put on you. Amen. And so when I was feeling insecure about being successful and doing the right thing, God is saying, dude, I just called you to be faithful. And what is faithfulness? Faithfulness is doing that which God has called you to do. Now, as, as, as a minister who I've been entrusted with the youth, God hasn't called me to be successful and build this ministry and grow and whatnot. I, I mean, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's it. But my job, what God has called me to do right now, is to share the truth, to proclaim His love, and to minister to those who He has entrusted me with. Therefore, when God comes today, and he finds me doing what he called me to do. He will consider me faithful. Therefore, some of us are battling unnecessary pressures in our lives. But allow God to be able to do a new thing. So how well do you navigate seasons in your life? So may the Lord bless you. May he do you well. May he do you well. Uh, man, one, one story came to mind. I just got to share this. Um, so Adam and Eve had two children, um, Cain and Abel. Uh, we know the story. Um, Cain got angry at Abel because God found favor and he found favor in the sight of God. And so what Cain did is that he killed Abel. Uh, but Abel was a child of promise, and God had because he God found because he found favor in the sight of God. God said that he was going to do something special with that lineage. Uh, now, check this out. Sarah and Abraham have this word, like, God has given us this child, but he's going to break through through Abel. And his brother kills him. Now, how well did, that, did they navigate that season? They did a pretty good job. They continued to remain faithful to God, even though their promise seemed lost. That's it. That's the good word right there. So even if your promise has been lost, stay faithful to God. Because what God did is that he gave them yet another son in replacement of Abel. And his name was Seth. Yeah, it's in your Bible. It's probably in the book of Genesis chapter 4, if I'm not wrong. But if I'm wrong, it's been on 5 or 6. It's in Genesis. But how well do we navigate seasons? 
there's very many examples and then encourage you to find out now figure out what season you're in and make it make it up in your heart be like I am going to navigate this season well like I am broke but I am going to give everything that I have yeah yes that's how you navigate seasons well it's like yeah man this church people betrayed me but I am going to love them anyways that's how we navigate seasons well how do we navigate seasons of humility we remain humble until God entrusts us with promotion by exalting us. So, may the Lord bless you, do you good, and um, yeah, until next time, I pray for grace over your life to be able to navigate each season well. So, I'm going to end with a prayer, and uh, just send you off with a blessing. So, whew, Lord, we thank you. Father, we bless you and we honor you. Thank you for these special people, these just amazing people who love you so much. And Lord, I pray for the grace and the strength to be able to do um, to navigate each season well so that God you can be able to entrust them with something greater Father God whatever season that they may be in God I know that you're faithful and according to the book of first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 God when we are uh, when we come about temptations that we cannot bear or struggles that are, are bigger than us God not only do you um, make a way for us but God, you always walk us through that situation. So God, I speak um, life over them. I declare the grace to be able to navigate this season well. Season of confusions, of lack, of uh, bitterness. God, I know you can help us. So Lord, help us. As you have helped me and continue to help me, God, in this season that I'm in, Lord, I pray for your strength to be able to navigate this season well so that I can be found as a faithful steward. Holy Spirit, we love you. We honor you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. So, may the Lord bless you all. Amen, and do you good. So, yeah, my internet people, peace, peace. Yeah, I'm going to say what's up to my Hepsiba people. And, uh, yeah. Bye-bye. Awesome.